Hello everyone, this is Yulei Strate. Today I will be speaking with Naomi Bailey. Naomi is the Enterprise Relationship Manager for Social Talent. She is supporting companies build their talent acquisition capabilities by using one of the most advanced education platforms available. On this episode, we discuss about online education and its importance for the future of work. We take a deep dive into the Social Talent Online platform to discover what makes it so efficient, how it keeps the learner engaged and motivated to interact with the content and learn, how it tracks productive learning behaviors, how it uses data and gamification to drive better learning. If you do find these types of conversations useful, you can support the podcast by subscribing to it. To access the video podcast and subscribe for free to my YouTube channel, go to youtube.com, type in Skills for Mars, and hit the subscribe button. Alternatively, you can go to my website, yuleistrata.com forward slash Skills for Mars, and click the YouTube Confirm Your Subscription button. And now I give you Naomi Bailey. Hi, hi everyone. I'm here with Naomi Bailey from Social Talent. Naomi, welcome to the Skills for Mars podcast. Thank you for having me, Julia. Happy to be here. I'm very glad. I think we've been planning this for quite some time right now. We've been going back and forth and uh, finally we are here. <laughs> Absolutely. I know, you know, a lot going on in September, but October seemed to be the right time for us to meet. It was destiny. It's a new year, right? It's a new financial year for uh, Social Talent. New quarter. <laughs> it's a new quarter. Okay. 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 You yeah. never know when companies uh, start and finish their financial years. It's always a bit of a mess, I feel. Tell me, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, talk, uh, I'm, I'm really, really keen to, I was really keen to have you here because uh, as we've been talking, online education and education in general, I, I think, and I think everyone would agree and you would agree with me as well, that is really, really key for the future right? Uh, learning in general is key for the future. Education and online, running it online, I think it makes it easier and more available to people wherever they are. So I was really keen to have you here. You know, and I've, I mean, we've known each other for, for quite some time and I've always been a big social talent fan. First, I started because the content was the right one and I'm a recruiter at heart. So it really, really helped me as a recruiter. Uh, but then I started to love the platform. And I was a user both as a recruiter and as a manager. So I've seen some of the capabilities and I started to love the platform. So that's why I really wanted to talk to you about not only the content, right, of what social talent and the niche that you are covering in education, but actually the platform and how it works and how it helps people learn better. Right. Absolutely. And that is kind of where our niche is, I mm -hmm. believe. Uh, you know, we're, we're a big fan here in terms of it's, it's not about pushing the learning onto our, our learners. It's about building the mechanics of learning around how they consciously or subconsciously want to learn. And I think that kind of drives how, how we deliver it here at Social Talent to make sure it's not just educating, but kind of inspiring and encouraging engagement as we go along the process. Which is what surprised me as well, right? Because most of the edu online education platforms, you go online, you, you take a course and maybe you get a badge. But I feel it's so much more with social talent and I would like everyone to find out about it. <laughs> Why <Yeah>. not? <laughs> but yeah. Before we go there, uh, just a bit of an introduction. Would you be okay to introduce yourself and how you started in, uh, in online education? Yeah, more than happy to. So, well, it all began when I finished my degree in marketing. <laughs> and then it took a step away from marketing and I never looked back at it again, really, in that I 
came into social talent five years ago and came in and actually a, a customer support role for a technical role. And through it, you know, was answering certain questions on how people could reset their login details. But then kind of went to looking at, okay, what problems are kind of reoccurring and looking into how people were actually engaging with the platform as well. What were they loving? What did they not like so much? Which kind of led to me working and social talents as a customer success manager to actually motivate good behaviors and try to eradicate any kind of behaviors that were or any problems within the platform that were making people step away from the learning we were delivering. And so from that, uh, I built out the customer success management team. And that is really crucial to the learning experience that we talk about. Having a partnership with our customers when it comes to e-learning is important. So we built out that customer success management team to hold our learners' hands, our managers' hands in terms of enabling their teams and kind of go from there. And uh, five years later, I'm now a relationship manager for uh, our enterprise customers. So I work with them uh, to partner up and deliver a customized learning experience based on their organizational goals, their business needs, and not just, you know, the training we give to them and say, this is what's best for you and your team. We actually work with them on them telling us what they need and then aligning that to the solution. Uh, so that's kind of my very, very long, brief timeline for my time in social talent and, and why I'm here and still kind of believing in what we're doing. And so I guess from there, I'll introduce social talent. Uh, we are the world's leading source of hiring insights and training. We deliver customized learning based on whichever role you hold within the organization and work with forward thinking organizations to build the knowledge and the skills they need to hire and develop the best talent within the business. And how we do this really is by providing a hybrid learning platform that combines kind of the best of flexible LXP features with an enterprise ready LMS system. Mm -hmm. um, so we have, the, we have kind of unrivaled, and I don't say that lightly, a uh, premium content of library, um, library of content, you know, which uh, has experts in the areas of hiring, interviewing, DNI, leadership training. And then we work to get that platform, that content integrated quite seamlessly into organizations' infrastructure, you know, to help embed the platform in their businesses and help it be native so that it kind of fits in exactly to what they're already doing as an organiza organization to help with the element of making it as engaging as possible. And that's kind of what we do in a, in a quick pitch, uh, along with much more, which I imagine we'll expand on throughout the podcast. Definitely. I was, I was kind of curious because since I got on social talent, I've never looked for any other online education resource for talent acquisition, right? Not for my teams, not for myself. It was just everything was there. Do you have any competition, like real competition? Uh, not in the space of hiring. Uh, we okay. would have uh, some kind of our direct competitors that we would look at would be more along the lines of maybe uh, LinkedIn Learning. Mm -hmm. So people would, would take that on board and launch to the entire organization. But for the hiring specific, well, if we were to talk about maybe recruitment juice, they're one of, you know, some, they are a name that we've come up against before. Uh, but ultimately, we kind of stand alone because of the platform aspect of it mm -hmm. and, and the content combined. 
you know. Uh, so so we we are standalone in that regard. Um, would you would you think of anything at all that would kind of come up against? Social? No, I thought I thought about LinkedIn, but um, to quote one of my friends in uh, Oracle, uh, the training on how to use LinkedIn is better on social talent than it is on on LinkedIn. <laughs> so. So yeah. no, I did. I didn't, but I didn't really look because, again, it was the one one go source for for me and uh, for everyone else I knew. Yeah, and kind of easy because you have the sourcing tools and everything there. So uh, yeah, it just makes your life uh, life easy. Yeah, and and I think that comes from our kind of uh, there's we were actually recently, you know, we we were talking about who are we, you know, what what are what are our pillars, our brands. And, and, and why are we in the place that we are at the moment? And we look to kind of break out the three pillars that we stood to when we built our content and our platform and our customer base. And, you know, we kind of came up with three areas that do make us stand out a little bit or, or call us challengers, shall we say, or disruptors in the market. And I think we started with the fact that we are challengers. You know, we like to believe mm-hmm. that we're shaking up the industry around enabling hiring teams. People necessarily don't always just focus on enabling their hiring teams. It's, uh, you know, wouldn't have enabled them as much as so before. So we started to introduce that concept to organizations and we wanted to cha- to challenge the normal or the status quo, you know, always looking for better. Um, and that's kind of what sets social talent on our platform apart from the rest or what will be perceived to be competition. You know, it's, it's new, it's vibrant, it's different. We're quite proud to be different and, and proud to be the first to do this as well. You know, we don't dilute our content by um, trying to give other kind of pathways of, of, of learning to different, different departments. Now, we will get there in the future as we augment our team. But right now, our, our blood, sweat and tears goes into the TA and hiring teams that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess from there, you know, ultimately, we are educators. Uh, we're not just an e-learning platform, you know, we, it's in the heart, education is in the heart of everything that we do. We want to be part of the world that never stops learning, Ilya. Um, you know, we educate people through the platform. That's but, so good to hear, in, uh, especially in recruitment. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's about understanding what people need as well based on their role. Um, you know, a lot of e-learning platforms will just give you a robust library and there you go. Uh, find what you need, but it's customized based on all of the different roles within TA and recruitment as well. So whether you're a source of resourcer or a 360 recruiter or uh, a recruitment coordinator, there's something for you um, and something to help you progress into your next role. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I checked your uh, website, of course. I was preparing for this, so I checked your website. And then uh, there was one tagline that... Um, I said, oh, this is, uh, this is really a fit, but I'm really curious to find out what's behind this tagline. And I think it's the first tagline when you go on the resources page. And then it says, we're writing the future of work. Mm. <laughs> we're writing the future of work. We're writing the future of, of, of work. And then it had a very, very little um, explanation about uh, on, on, on it, right? So um, I wanted to ask you, hey, what's, what's new? What is this about? What, what are you doing new? And it's related uh, to the future of work. So, well, there, there's kind of two things there. If we were to start with the future of work, uh, particularly within obviously the recruitment and TA space, 
we want to look into what the recruitment industry will look like in 10 years time and, mm-hmm. and develop the skills, uh, the skill set that each and every person within a TA team would need to stay on top and, and stay in the game. So, you know, I know that a lot of people talk to the point of whether TA will be a job or a function in the future. Like, I don't think if it's, it's a question if it will be um, a job in the future. It's about how you can do that, develop the skills that matter most in the TA world of the future. And how can you as a member of a talent acquisition team stay relevant, remain useful, and develop the right skills at the right time to overcome any technological advancements that we're all scared of. And I guess that's what that tagline means. You know, we when we look back at like recruitment in the 90s, and you might agree here, it wasn't even really seen as a professional job in, in some parts. Um, you know, it was kind of seen as a bit of a salesperson's role uh, in, to a certain degree. But since it's, it's, it's grown up, you know, it's, it's become a more of a profession. You have people who have skills and expertise or people who leave college wanting to get into recruitment. Um, you know, and we're, we're that is new. Usually it was, um, Hey, how do you get to do this? Yeah, I just heard there's a job in this. I wanted to make some money and here I am. <laughs> right, exactly. Tried my luck and uh, here I am a recruiter. Yeah. People are starting to really look to get into it now. It's becoming that profession. And, and that's why we want to, stick with and develop the skills for the future of recruitment as well. But I think it's important for everyone to understand, you know, what that looks like in five mm-hmm. to 10 years time. And, you know, there's, I think that there people are suspicious about the future when it comes to recruitment. And, um, I'm one of those. Yeah. You're, you're one of those. <laughs> I'm one, I'm one of those. I can easily see how, uh, so if, my view is that if we keep doing what we are doing and going on intuition more than, learning how to really run interview and understand people, understand who would be a fit for the job, who would be a fit for the team, who would be a fit for the company. And we just go on intuition. And at some point, algorithms would surpass us because they would be just better. They would make an informed decision versus us making an uninformed decision, right? So our error okay. rate would be higher than, than, than the, the, the one of an algorithm. So I feel that if we stay the same, if we stay where we are as recruiters, then yes, at some point, algorithms would, uh, would take over. And yes, right now, it's, uh, it's uh, not so easy, right? And uh, face recognition and uh, gesture recognition and all of that, mm-hmm. they're not perfect. And there's research that says that actually it's not even close to perfect. But it will get better because everything we do is uh, filmed and is on camera. So we have a lot of data to feed uh, algorithms. So at some point, just based on this, based on personality, based on cognitive ability assessments and all of the others, we can make more informed decisions than just Come on. Sometimes, sometimes I, I mean, I'm going in interviews and, and uh, uh, you have two questions. And then if the guy went to the same school as the hiring manager and uh, or, or they like each other, they, they um, like the same football team, uh, then the guy is hired. Right? They have a good conversation and it's just intuition. So if we keep doing that, yes, I can easily see how we can be replaced by algorithms. Yeah, it's every recruiter's worst nightmare, really, isn't it? I know, John. Get him in here. It's Ex- fine. He's a great guy. Exactly. He doesn't fit into my requirement, though, but he fits into mine. Yes. John, get in here. I know, I know. And it's a thing with referrals as well, right? Because it's someone who you know, and then uh, the, your boss trusts you, and you recommend someone. And if you don't really do the due diligence to really understand if that person is a fit, 
right? Mm -hmm. Not only for the job, but for the team and for the company and for how long and kids, are, do they have potential or not? And if you're not doing it in a disciplined and planned and, 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 and structured and educated way, yeah. algorithms can beat us. So yeah. as we got to this topic, how do you feel about it? Because you're closer to recruiters and educating them than I am, definitely. You're educating tens of thousands of recruiters. Yeah, and, and we should definitely get to the point back on that, though, because hiring is a team sport, and I think that's something that needs to start becoming more prevalent. So I'd like to talk to that point again in a while. Um, but in terms of the, the future, why we're kind of enabling the future and, and trying to future-proof the workplace skills for recruiters is that, you know, very much so in with the with the birth of automation, AI, machine learning, technology, you know, the role of the recruiter will definitely change um, and the skills and knowledge needs to, you need to have to do the job will change as well. So what we kind of do here to look at what is the kind of skill set now that you have within a workforce, what will be important in five years, we kind of broke back down, well, McKinsey broke it down for us. We then built it into a strategic kind of content roadmap. Um, where we kind of look at automation and AI, it will accelerate the shift in skills in the workplace needs, okay? With every major revolution, I think, in terms of technology or innovation, it's driven a quick shift in any workplace skills. But the difference today is that it, the pace is happening a lot quicker than it's ever happened before. And this is where people like yourself become suspicious and a little bit kind of not scared necessarily, but definitely looking to try to predict the future so not to be kind of taken out by it. But uh, we looked into the McKinsey Global Institute uh, of Research for Information on this, and they published a model where they proposed kind of five main buckets mm -hmm. for skill types required today. So the first that you see, and which will agree to be most prevalent, is like physical and manual skills. You know, that's just the way it is. Majority of jobs today require that. And it's not specific to, to recruitment, but I'll get there. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have, you know, basic cognitive skills, higher cognitive skills, social and emotional skills, and technological skills. You know, how do you get on top of those? Uh, you know, the, the instruction of technology, I agree there are areas where it can take on, but it's still a human process. So the aspect of higher cognitive skills and social and emotional is still important and play that part. Um, you know, we, we talk to a lot in terms of our content roadmap on how do we further invest effort into um, these particular buckets. Mm -hmm. So um, we might see the piece around higher cognitive skills. Um, sorry, I lost my trail of thought there. Um, when we, okay, let's, let me take it back a second. Mm -hmm. When you look at the basic cognitive skills of a recruiter in terms of what you're currently responsible for, something that there will be a decline in because this will be taken over by, by technology. It's where you're responsible for, uh, job posting, candidate sourcing, first level screening, interviewing coordination, rejecting candidates, et cetera. This will all be automated. And I think we're all come to terms with that. You know, the tools exist today to replace them. Uh, to replace these exactly. activities. So, you know, we think investing in training for these things is in future proofing. While a lot of teams for sure need it today, absolutely, uh, we, we still train on that. We don't believe that there's worth in investing any more training in that in the future. So we look instead to the three buckets around higher cognitive skills, which we do a fair bit of things already, like 
things like drafting job descriptions, doing the intake meetings uh, with hiring managers, compiling shortlists, candidate prep for interviewing, negotiation, et cetera, all higher cognitive skills. It's something we want to focus on and we will, we'll, we'll lead into what that means. Uh, or then when you're looking at hi- candidate and hiring manager preparation, a lot of social and emotional skills in there as well in terms of the recruitment process. The, you know, also in place, the coaching, offering, negotiation, all of that is to do with social and emotional skills. Um, and that's what we want to develop to kind of stay ahead. And how we look to these and how we play into these different skill sets to future proof your role as a recruiter is by starting with the higher cognitive. You know, we think in addition to the ones that we use today already, we'll introduce more training around creativity, mm-hmm. critical thinking, decision-making skills, complex information process. Some things that you mentioned today, actually having processes around that instead of just using intuition and then allowing AI to just come in and, and take over from us. Um, but also higher cognitive skills when it comes to hiring strategies, strategic sourcing, you know, stuff that teams are doing already today, but stuff that people can still develop on. Um, And then you have the kind of social and emotional side of things as well. So there are new areas that we're thinking of investing further in, you know, communication, persuasion, collaboration, Mm -hmm. all things that still need that human element. And, you know, what we'll be looking to kind of build on people, a lot of soft skills as well to help them function within the role. Um, So, yeah, I I, I guess that's kind of my play in terms of the the skill set that we want to feed into. And we were talking earlier about, um, hey, would you be... Is, is someone good for a recruitment role or not? So, but I'm quite curious from an education standpoint, from what you see in the system, right? Because you train so many people. Can you already predict by the way that they are learning who would be a better recruiter than another or that's not possible or what would be the top three skills that would make a good recruiter? So that's a really good I'm not question. sure if you see it in the data, so I'm kind of curious. No, no, it's a good question to pose. And I I think as we uh, look to embedding more AI into what we do, that will come out because the AI, artificial intelligence, will be able to actually have a look on a deeper Mm -hmm. uh, basis in terms of what people are accessing it. Um, The engagement stat that we would use most likely is, you know, who is striving ahead, who is, who is, the ultra high performer within a recruitment team by completing, not only necessarily completing certain missions, but by displaying habitual learning behaviors, you know, um, they're typically the top performers. So we would have what we call a, a streak in the platform. Okay. And uh, now, as I said, it doesn't really lead to who is the better recruiter recruiter when it comes to sourcing or job ads mm-hmm. of course they will have their badges and their trophy case in that regard um but the two behaviors that normally correlate and managers will agree are high performers in the team are people who consistently hit their goal of 30 percent or 30 minutes a week that's one percent of the working week they log in they do their 30 minutes they're building up that habitual learning behavior um and then also people uh who kind of create discussions underneath the, the missions as well. We call them flag waivers. Okay. They uh, will 
go on to maybe the job advertising mission and underneath it, they will share a link to one of the job ads that they created based on the training and they ask their team for their feedback. And all of a sudden you have a TA team discussing different tactics that they've used when it comes to job advertising. So it's, it's very easy for us to identify ultra high performers mm-hmm. through different engagement statistics, you know, perhaps as well, people who go back and rewatch the training. So the beauty of online, they can actually go back and rewatch the training at any stage that they need to do so. But yeah, it's not, no advancements yet in terms of identifying who would be the best at doing what within the recruitment process. Um, But definitely general engagement, the high performers are usually in correlation, the people who do these specific things in the platform. And I guess that's uh, really, really nice because you are taking recruiters from zero, right? Graduates who want to become recruiters or people who have never done recruitment. And besides teaching them and educating them on recruitment, you're also educating them on how to learn, how to be exactly. consistent in, in, in learning, which is really nice on the, on, the, on the platform. And I would like to talk about this very much because that's one of the developments of the platforms, of, of your platform that I was really, really a big fan, right? Because at the beginning, when you started, it was it was just a simple, normal online platform. But then slowly it developed into a platform where you could uh, track your learning, where you know, someone would be tracking if you're implementing what you're learning, not only you, but your manager. You are talking about uh, sustaining and changing and moving towards productive behavior. So this is what I feel that differentiates you from other learning platforms, whether it's TA or any other subject, right? You can somehow track and understand, hey, am I using this in the right way? Am I, am I putting the skill to use? Am I, am I gaining anything in here? How, how am I developing? And you can track all of that. So I was kind of uh, interested. It, it, was, it would be interesting to find out how you do this. How do you change and sustain productive behavior? Mm-hmm. In the recruitment space, and then we can talk about it in general, I think it's, it would apply to any kind of field. Yeah, like I guess um, when it comes to the recruitment space, obviously, and you'll speak to this, you have to have content that's relevant to people's success. <laughs> Never expose them to anything that's not relevant. Um, and that is one piece in terms of the customization. We, um, from the get-go, only set up people uh, with access to things that make them successful within their role, which is super important that they're, you know, within e-learning, it's nearly a, a sin to expose someone to spending time to something that's not relevant to them. Um, yeah, it can be a rabbit that, hole, right? I, I imagine yeah. that's why you do it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just a lot, um, it's a lot more engaging for someone to know that they are receiving training for their specific role. And then the next form of training is the, how they progress into the next role within the organization as well. So that's the customizable piece. But, you know, and, and I'm sure you would agree with this. Um, we kind of, took it a step back and actually looked at kind of like societal trends that um, how the modern learner learns, Ilya. So okay. we, that's kind of where we based everything that we have on the platform is built on a scientific and societal approach to how we learn. And that's where we... So how, how does that work? Can, can you talk about it a bit? I'm kind of Absolutely. Curious. Happy to, happy to. Uh, so as I mentioned, like, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, uh, today's kind of employee employees we are overwhelmed 
um, at times. We are constantly bombarded with information. We are distracted by our phones and sometimes a little bit impatient as well. And when you look at these kind of three things, um, first of all, like flexibility and where and how we learn is becoming more increasingly important to us. You know, people want to learn from their peers and managers as much as they do from experts and they're taking more control into their own development and what they want to put time into. And that's why we kind of want to deliver their own very own, like their very own personal and professional development platform to their desks, to their mobiles, um, to their performance reviews. So some of the facts that we looked into and we worked with uh, Josh Burson's theory on meeting the modern learner. And you'll, you'll find yourself kind of nodding to some of this in that some of the facts around this is, uh, you know, when when we take being overwhelmed, uh, I, I believe Burson came back and said two out of three knowledge workers in the industry, you know, actually complain that they don't have enough time to do their job. So we took that into, into, into um, consideration. And like as a result of that, we recommend that managers apply and configure our learning platform to a 1% of the working week goal. So that's 30 minutes of learning. Like 1% is all that employees can focus on their training and development with the amount of other demands they have day to day. If it's not directly relevant to them, then and there. You know, so people welcome that goal, the learners right from the start. Uh, they constantly strive to hit it uh, because it's not overly ambitious and it's building that habitual learning yeah, behavior again. It seems attainable, 30 minutes a week. Right, exactly. And they feel like they're achieving something. It's not overwhelming and their manager is giving them a kudos in return for logging in and hitting that goal. So the background process is that the managers are receiving notifications that their teams are logging in. They're getting these streaks and they're rewarding them in turn. So that's something very light in terms of how they, how we can take that fact that we feel overwhelmed with all the information we have to process and kind of make it accessible through 1% commitment every week and I guess the next one was on the impatient side of things you know we people don't want to watch videos that are longer than four minutes anymore it's just not something and and we nearly went down the line of 30 seconds when they introduced remember those vine videos Mm -hmm. they were 30 seconds long you know people's attention span is a little bit shorter than it used to be so kind of from that we introduced bite-sized videos you know it was easier for them to to consume and retain the the concept or a theory that we delivered in every video. Once again, people weren't shying away from the overall learning experience again, because this was was easy, you know, it was informative, it was easy to consume, and they were ready to move on to the next mission um, quite, like, quite fluidly. And I, I guess the last one is around getting distracted. So on average, I think it is a person will pick up their phone nine times an hour and we are we are very distracted uh humans and ultimately we we were like okay how do we how do we stop this natural dive for them to go to their phone so we 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 uploaded our we managed to create an app that was an app sorry that would develop um apologies i got i'm gonna stop mm-hmm. there <laughs> I lost my trail of thought. Apologies, I went to pick up my phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, just talking about picking up the phone, it gets you to pick up the phone. <laughs> I had my I had my hand on it. Uh, 
Sorry. Um, this is just uh, to show uh, how everyone can get distracted. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I have to check how many times I, but I think I'm one of those that would pick up the phone uh, quite uh, a lot of times in one hour. Right. I know. And it's anytime something is just not captivating you or you're just distracted, you just want to pick it up just for the sake of, you're not even checking the time most of the time. Um, but, you know, looking at how distracted people can get, how short our attention span is, we deliver the training on the, on the mobile phone. Once again, it's 30 minutes of their time a week, bite-sized videos. And that's kind of how we start with the natural battle that any e-learning experience platform will face is how do you deliver a platform that people will actually want to engage with, you know? Do you define in any way productive behavior? So when we talk about being productive on the platform, do you define it in any way? Do you have, or is it just a 30-minute goal? Or maybe let me rephrase you. How What would be... What would be defined as success? Is it getting a badge? Is it finalizing the course? Is it uh, doing the f- uh, 30 minutes? So I guess it's, it's about all of those things. It's a, it's a combination of okay. them. Um, we, I think it's important to be the cheerleader as much as it is to be the headmaster when it comes to e-learning. And how we kind of do that is there are different kind of things to measure someone's productivity. Uh, for every mission they complete, so if they finish job advertising, search basics, working with hiring managers, they'll get a badge and it will be put into their trophy case. Um, and then when they come to a stage where they may finish uh, maybe five or six missions on candidate experience, they'll get an official certification that they mm-hmm. can apply to their certifications on LinkedIn. And and then you would have then the, the combination of their streaks, they're hitting their goals. Um, and then their manager in turn kind of rewarding that. So there are different kind of different kind of um, stages of engagement that would be seen as good engagement. Um, now we, we're going forward to kind of release a more even an even more gamified experience with the platform. Um, uh, Johnny Campbell, our CEO, he got some inspiration from his son, who is a gaming fanatic. And from that, you know, he sees how excited his his son will get upon achieving points, upon it leveling up, all of these different things that we all know that we want, you know, human to want to achieve and, and to be the, you know, have them. The it's funny how this works. It's really funny. I always find it funny how this this work and it, they work for everyone. Just a small badge, a small trophy, knowing that you've done good, uh, something, even if it's small, it does, it does help. So how, what are you planning to do in, in gamification? So gamification comes kind of from different, it's going to come from different, um, different kind of engagement that you have with the platform. So it actually is a, is a kind of good way to segue into this based on your, your question. Um, from the very get-go, someone gets 50 points for logging in. You know, someone gets 50 points for downloading the mobile application. And then every time someone receives a badge, they'll get 10 points. Or at the start of their learning journey, their manager might configure for them what skills are prioritized. So, for example, you may have a source of resource there whose remit is going to be primarily technical recruitment. So their manager will prioritize their uh, learning on recruiting tech talent. Mm-hmm. And for completing that mission, they'll get bonus points. So um, within that, you'll level up 
then in every stage. So as, as long as you engage, hit your streak, receive certain badges, send people kudos and receive kudos, you start to level up on the platform. Um, but you start to level up in different areas as well. And, and this kind of plays to the point around how can you identify who is a good recruiter based on the learning that they're doing? Because, you know, a badge is great. It is showing that someone is going through the training ultimately, but a combination of different missions completed that all kind of feed up into one skill set of a certain thing in terms of like uh, higher cognitive skills, social emotional skills, bringing us back to those buckets. Uh, if you can see that one of your recruiters is tends to have a keen focus on one of those areas or maybe interviewing that they've completed all those missions, you can tell that that person is quite proficient in that particular area or vice versa. Should you in a, in a one-to-one performance management situation see that you have a recruiter who doesn't have any of these missions completed and is like failing to achieve in certain areas, um, it's kind of a case of pushing them in the right direction to be able to say, this is available. This is where we need to work on. Next week when we talk, it will be great to start seeing that the leveling up in that general area or that skill set. What what works best? I was always maybe maybe you've seen it in the, in the data. Is it peer nudges, self nudges, or boss nudges that would that will push someone and engage someone with the platform more? That's a really good question. Uh, we saw so with one of our customers who had I believe it was around 170 learners who were in APAC, all based all over APAC. Um, the manager over the space of a month sent 841 kudos to the team. Whoa. And the engagement increased monumentally within the team within that month. So there we saw a really effective case of top-down buy-in. You know, the, the, leader, the, the leader was on top of how their team was doing the team they were decentralized as well their their actual their manager was based in san francisco uh so they never really met him either and so for decentralized teams it really works well for managers to to give that nudge you know you don't if you don't see someone day to day but you can see that they're acknowledging your learning it's really effective in that regard i think manage management uh kudos goes down quite well because you know that your time is not your your time is, it's been acknowledged Mm -hmm. that you are developing yourself by your manager and that it's not going amiss. Um, Peer-to-peer engagement generally works better on the leaderboards. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you you have a a lot of kind of friendly competition, shall we say, uh, where people will check their leaderboards quite regularly to see how they place in comparison to their other colleagues. so that's really that's one of the features that really plays a massive part in engagement when it comes to um peer to peer kind of encouragement shall we say um but yeah we we do find um you see the chrome extension that we have delivers instant notifications to everyone as well so if anyone on your team completes a certain mission you have a notification that encourages you to go access the learning as well, but you can also then engage with them by sending them the quick thumbs up too. Am I, am I um, 
if I remember it well, and I don't think I'm, I'm wrong, uh, based on your Chrome extension, right, you are also able to track when they get out of social talent, but they use um, LinkedIn or other tools online and linking it to real life implementation of the learning. Or do I remember it incorrectly? So, no, you're not incorrect. We went through a beta phase of um, looking at how we could analyze different behaviors and changing behaviors um, based on someone's learning. So should they maybe complete diversity and inclusion training? Then when they go on to, diverse, or on to LinkedIn, you know, we want to see if there's a correlation between them clicking on more female, um, female profiles than, than male. Um, that was something that we ran for a short while and we kind of put that on the back burner while we focused a little bit more on running more co content campaigns you know we we started to reach out a little bit more in terms of or expand our content so that kind of took um that took priority for a while for us as mm -hmm. we started to build out hiring manager training as well uh the analytics were wonderful and they showed us some really good results in terms of uh, the return on learning, as we as as we call yep. it, uh, but um, because of the the need to start to deliver training to help align hiring teams, we made that our core focus for 2019. But that was something that we did have. We still have it in a certain degree in that when you, for example, go to edit your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. uh, you it will see the Chrome extension will see that you're clicking on edit your LinkedIn profile and it will pop up saying, Hey, you want to find out how to do the best, you know, create the best LinkedIn profile you can click here to access your training. So that's the on demand element. You know, it's kind of like when they need it in the moment, we deliver the training right to their doorstep. So that's the kind of functionality that the Chrome extension is really quite um, known for. Because mm -hmm. I, I know as a, as, a, as a manager at that point, it was really important for me because I would see when the team would use LinkedIn and how many profiles they would check and so on. So it's, uh, it, uh, it stuck with me as, hey, this is, this is nice because you do get a bit of return on learning rather than just sending them to training or giving them access to a tool and to videos and so on. But actually you can see, hey, are they implementing what they've learned? Do they have issues with it? Uh, and then you can track it as well. Yeah, I know. And it was it was always really insightful in terms of what, what teams were doing and the changes in behavior over time. And, you know, once we uh, grow the development team out a little bit more, maybe it's something we'll reintroduce into the world because it is useful. Absolutely. I think we just made that strategic decision over will it be analytics or will it be more knowledge or power in that kind of regard? Tell me a bit about, and I think you mentioned it right at the beginning, but we didn't talk about it. I think the platform right now allows teams to post content, uh, videos, podcasts, articles, and build a knowledge base for their team and for their organization. Right, And this is a new development and a new thing that I really like about the platform, right? Because it's not only you're not only going there for content that someone else is delivering, but you can build a knowledge base that everyone in, the, in your company can access it. Can access. Is it uh, new? When did it, is it actually live? Because I think, I think I've just seen a post on it on somewhere on LinkedIn and I'm not sure if it's beta or it's uh, out there. How is it working? You're absolutely right. Uh, last week, Social Talent became the only, the world's only customizable learning platform for hiring. 
And this happened because we launched a new feature called Add Any Content. Because I guess we we understood that like learning is not a one size fits all experience. You know, we can provide you the holistic content you need to help you elevate your hiring process, but there are going to be nuances and other things that you're going to need your team to know about your brand, your culture, your best practices, security policies that we're not going to have information on. But, you know, there's a beauty in having all of their learning in one place where you can track it, you can reward it, you can assess it. And so we launched any um, at any content uh, last week, officially up for all of our current customers as well. Is so, anyone using it yet? Because I guess it is quite fresh. So we're using it. <laughs> okay. Um, but we are at the moment running a campaign with all of our current customers to get their managers and leadership teams on board so we can teach them how to utilize it and find out if they have any content right then and there to, to upload it onto the platform. Because now I guess you can call us a bit of a hybrid. You know, as mentioned earlier, we give you the LXP functionality, but we also give you the LMS that has kind of all you need for your enterprise hiring kind of solution. And um, we're, you know, you can, you can upload anything from a podcast now to a YouTube video, to a TED Talk. So it's not just necessarily, you know, this is how you use your ATS. It's, this is a TED Talk that I heard about building an inclusive culture within an organization. Or this is a YouTube video on how to do a VLOOKUP on Excel. Mm-hmm. Like smaller things that, that always need attention, but don't get it because there's not an easy place to place them within um, a platform or, or learning, uh, learning. So they path. would usually get lost because I, I've, I mean... This has always been an issue, not only in talent acquisition, but in R&D as well, right? Where there's a lot of knowledge, there's a lot of information. And how do you make sure that this knowledge is shared and everyone has right. rather than just one person? Exactly. And you send something through Slack or in an email and you're like, hey, guys, watch this. And you don't know who's watching that. You know, someone's like, green tick, watch it. But that's not necessarily... Mm-hmm. True. Uh, with the with the add any content, you know, we allow leaders and managers to now become even more part of that of the social talent solution as well and embedding it because ultimately they become stakeholders and they're uploading their own their own their own content. You know, they they want they become more invested in seeing engagement because it's content that they're adding to the platform too. But the way that that they would add it is that they have complete flexibility of adding whichever kind of document, as I mentioned, podcast, YouTube, PowerPoint presentation, they can determine where they want to place it. So if it maybe marketing team have launched a template for job advertising within an organization specific to a template they want them to use, they place it in the top of the job advertising mission. So the teams can that beforehand. Um, but we also give you the ability to create assessments around the content that you're adding so that you make sure that the team are looking at it and they're taking the key points from it too. Because it's important to create that 360 learning experience around it. If you add it, add any content onto the platform, you can create an assessment. When they complete it, they get a badge, you get a notification. You now know that that learning cycle is complete. Well, that, that's, uh, that's actually really nice because I imagine that you could 
put up their training for hiring managers, for example, in your specific processes and tools and so on. And you could, mm-hmm. would it work for them? Should you give them access to the to the platform so they can learn and then get the badges themselves? Because as you said, it's a team teamwork. It's not um, a one person's job. Yeah, so so we actually we we provide hiring manager training as well, Elia, to progress okay. in the case. Um and we can speak to that point in a while. Uh, but we I think you're absolutely right. There are different interviewing processes and protocol as well within within organizations, or maybe you have a specific template that you might want people to use when it comes to the interviewing process. You can add any content to it. Um and deliver it to certain departments or certain learning paths. So, for example, you could have your uh, recruiters, HRBPs, and hiring managers on the platform. They would all be kind of defined by their roles. So then you could just launch new content then mm-hmm. to the hiring managers based on who the, who who's meant to be the audience for that. And they get then a notification through their platform to let them know there's new material, through their mobile application to let them know that there's, new material so it's just kind of really it, it making sure everything is accessible um and they and get notified they, they know exactly and would this be shareable across organizations or they would belong to a particular organization i know it's new so maybe maybe it's uh, something you have in mind or have thought about but hey that's a great question that's that that's the first question i expect to hear from my customers <laughs> so does anyone else see this super private content that we're well, i would actually like for them to see it right because at some point there could be information that is useful to share with anyone i mean why not yeah like do you mean from organization to organization or from team to team um like i would imagine you would need a space where you'd have information just for your organization for your team right Right, because you talk about certain things that you do locally, you don't want to share with someone else. But if there's a nice uh, article on uh, whatever sourcing or or whatever right. negotiation, uh, yeah. which is anyway available on the web, could this be a resource that someone else would access and then take a course, take yeah, take and get all the badges based on that? So rather than you developing content, someone in another yeah. organization developing content but uh, yeah that's uh, just uh it's I'm, I'm sure it's new so i'm not even sure if you know about it so that's really interesting because you know there is a, that's the sociable aspect of it as well and we don't have that functionality right now but in the future it's kind of creating a network a community um through the platform and and that's important um particularly within the ta community i think there's a lot to share and and from being at the United conferences that I've been to as well, it's it's a very friendly place to be, you know, and, and being able to do that through the kind of a universal platform would be great. Uh, we we have a social aspect to it in that um, we um, will present to you what's the most watched platform this week from the community. So, okay. you know, if it's like Stacey's APAR, um, you know, recruit like a boss candidate experience and it's got the most views that week. We'll show you that that's the most um, kind of popular content within the community this week, but not, not, not yet on the add any content. I'll bring that to our product team. <laughs> I, uh, this, this would make for a nice podcast after just to follow up on the development. So uh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, any feedback that maybe you have from customers on why they would, they would prefer this e-learning uh, on on the on the platform, right on the social talent platform, versus going to normal education or versus going through in-house training. 
Because th this can be trainings that, I don't know, uh, the sales team can do run negotiation with the recruitment, right? Uh, the, the best sourcer you have, or you can get someone from outside, they can run, they can run, the, they can run the training. So you can have this face-to-face -face interaction as well. Um, yeah. any, any kind of, yeah, why are, do they really like the platform? And why do they want their people on the platform? Because you have so many. Yeah, and, and that's a really good question because we, we get that a lot where um, we host hiring manager training with, uh, the perfect example, we, we host hiring uh, manager training with the wonderful John Basilica. Uh, John also provides in-house training where he goes in and he has worked with the likes of Amazon, Google, Uber, all of the big names that we know. Um, and he works with them in-house. Uh, but he also delivers all of his training to our platform. So we quite regularly have people coming through and saying, hey, why would I get access to your platform instead of bringing John Blastalika into, mm -hmm. the, into the office? You know, and when you look at that, I think we, once again, kind of digging into the research that we do, you know, we touched off Josh Burson in terms of the modern learner. In this case, you know, we used to support our views on this by using the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. Have you ever heard of it? Nope, but I would I, I would love to hear, hear about it. I hadn't either, but it's actually fascinating and kind of scary. But ultimately, looking at this, we look at the kind of percentage of retention of information mm -hmm. and the time elapsed, uh, elapsed time since the learning. All right. So in the moment of delivery, where we're, we're getting the information in a in a face to face in in house training, we remember a hundred percent of it, which is great. Um, but it, even as little as an hour later you'll only remember 44% of what you've learned. And then you look 31 days later in the Ebbinghaus uh, forgetting curve, and you only remember 21% of the learning that took place on that day. Um, you know, and, and that That's a bit is scary. the first point. It's kind of terrifying. Now, it depends as well. There are different people, you know, who will go away and make amazing notes. I know myself, I um, I summarize everything, I revisit it. Um, but ultimately, that is the natural pattern of how we would uh, forget uh, based on these kind of moment in the moment live uh, training sessions. So, um, you know, with, with e-learning and its accessibility, uh, you know, they can go back at any time and revisit that. Like on average, we see our learners act, like revisit content eight to 10 times to watch the videos. So, you know, that, that's helping with the, the aspect of forgetting it. It's helping them retain the information again. Um, but also with online learning, you know, it's, it's the concept of on demand. So, you know, just because someone follows their learning path and maybe they go through interviewing training, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're necessarily interviewing at that time. They're just going through sequential learning. That's, that's fine. Or maybe you get someone in house and they're doing interviewing training. Um, but someone's not in the moment at that time interviewing. Well, when it comes to e-learning, you know, and the bite-sized content, um, so they find themselves all of a sudden in front of a string of interviews, they go back and they just revisit and they rewatch it, you know, and, and they're not trying to find the notes that they took, you know, six to eight weeks before mm -hmm. on interviewing that they had in that session. Um, and I guess that's kind of like a pertinent part as well of the, in the moment when you, when you really need it. Uh, but I think my, like the most important part to me when it comes to what really distinguishes uh, online learning versus in-house face-to-face learning 
is that, you know, with in-house training or getting experts in to deliver the training, you have them presenting their here and now expertise. Mm-hmm. Everything they know in that moment, they are present and they're presenting it well because I we have a lot of these kind of speakers and experts on our platform. They are amazingly knowledgeable in their specialized topics. But in two to three months, you know, there's a different best practice, a different way of working, a different piece of software that they have to update you yeah. on. And that's a piece of learning that's not available to you and your team anymore. And so with e-learning and the ability to curate and launch updated content and topics, the learners will consistently be enabled with new insights and skills as they're updated and created by the experts. Um, and I, I think that's one of the standout moments for us as well in terms of, of what we do deliver there because we have have around 50 experts on the platform because we're not just going to tell you to do something because social talent thinks is how it should be done. We're going to get these experts in to kind of deliver their knowledge on these topics um, to you. Like I think at one time we were compared to, you know, uh, the world's biggest recruitment conference in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these, these people who you That's see. That's a nice tagline. I think so. <laughs> um, we just have these experts, these specialists coming in and, and delivering their training and updating their training consistently through to the union experience. A very long-winded way of, of answering your question, but I hope... No, no, no. And um, what, I, what is also interesting to me, because I was, I was looking at, um, again, your website and case studies and successes and all of that. How do you link the learning that people get on the platform to the success of, of, of their team, the company, and so on. Because I've seen uh, things like uh, 21% uh, reduction in uh, speed of hire or uh, yeah, various other uh, KPIs that have been improved. Do you go back? Is our organizations coming back and tell you, how do you keep track of it to really know? Mm-hmm. Hey, have we been successful? Have they been successful as well but through using us? So this is the beauty of having a customer success uh, department and, and a dedicated customer success manager to a lot of our accounts um, where we host uh, quarterly business reviews with our customers to look at, okay, from this, and, and what we try to do, and I'm not going to lie, we, we struggle with it at times, is when we sit down on the onboarding process where we say to our customers, okay, so here we are at the start of our relationship. I'm super excited to onboard you. Now, what are you going to measure to get your return on learning? And they're like, um, the badges, the certifications. And you're like, that's great. And I'm so glad that that is a focus of yours. But like, what's the monetary value to you here so that we can come back every quarter and look at that ROI, ROL, and, and know that we're doing well, that we're, we're, right, we're working in the right um, direction. And we have a wonderful team of customer success managers here who drive that conversation really well. And we're really getting places in terms of getting customers to open up and talking about their time to hire, their um, cost of hire, their Mm -hmm. agency spend. And we just try to get as many things on the table as we can, because not only do we want to measure it going forward so that you can, you like anyone like yourself can go on and see the success that we have on the website more importantly, so that we can help that customer really see the value in their investment um, as we go through their their subscription term or you know their their time. Um, so we have organizations that work with us very well. We you know the we have customers who we've on the platforms with 
three, five, six years. And we've got to that point now where we're open, we're discussing all of these metrics. And, and I how think can you track incremental performance? Because I think at some point it's hard. Or maybe it, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. It's hard to know, hey, is it did I just get a very good recruiter on board? Or is it because of social talent? What really drove my performance? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, sometimes something will happen organically within an organization, right? Um, and you know, it's it's how do you see the how do you see the difference between just someone who is an overperformer and a champion, and someone who has become this way because of in collaboration or in correlation, sorry, with social talent training. Um, it's done through kind of a user feedback as well. Okay, we would send feedback surveys on a quarterly basis as well to find out how people are getting on and you know are they finding it the the platform easy to engage with what's their favorite type of uh, you know what's the best or most effective training they've done so far what they want more of and from that we can just kind of see that there is a CSAT score you know get a general CSAT score from our users um, and we just hope by putting those two together that it does look you know that's be it we may not directly affect uh, in in one situation, we may not directly affect a reduction in agency spend. They just got a superstar sourcer. We can still see at least that that sourcer resourcer is happy and enabled in their role when it comes to being enabled with social talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can see how much they engage with the platform and how much they, they've learned uh, from it. Because I imagine, indeed, you would indirectly mm. help with their KPIs, right? You are not there directly to do the job. But by through the education you provide, they they get better. Exactly, exactly. And you know, overall, I feel like a lot of our learners do appreciate the investment that the organizations are making in their development as well, which is keeping everyone happy, engaged, um, and 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 feeling like they're set up for success in progressing into their next role within the organization. You know, I, I mentioned earlier we we work with a lot of forward-thinking organizations, and we don't say that lightly because a lot of our customers are are there because they understand where the future of recruitment is going. They understand that it is so important to keep their top like top people engaged as well by developing and investing in their skills. Um, and as I said, it 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 just kind of has that correlation between happy learners, good performance, mm-hmm. and, and and so on and so forth. So going a bit on the overview, social talent has, I think, about 10 years of existence, right? So mm-hmm. any, and you've been with them for half of that time. So mm-hmm. any key learnings in, in the past years, anything that uh, maybe you'd like to share with the world, other online e-learning platforms, uh, whether they are in hiring or anything, any other domain, to say, hey, this is key. Ah, oh, goodness, you put me on the spot there. Um, <laughs> and when it comes to, I, I guess, you know, Daniel Pink said for every employee, it's really important that we all have autonomy, mastery, and purpose to be happy within our jobs. And I think if you want to have the autonomy of learning whatever is available to you through well, through the recruitment academy you know you have the ability to go in and upskill in any areas you want to to bring yourself in a mastery around interviewing job advertising 
which ultimately gives you a purpose because you are set up for success with your newfound capabilities um, when it comes to the training you've gone through. But it all starts with your mindset. You need to be invested, ultimately. We will continue to build the platform that is best for our learners to help keep you guys happy and engaged. But it, it all does come back in your willingness and mindset when it comes to, to learning. And you know what? Even if there are people who are adverse to it, all we're asking for is one percent of the working week. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and plus you give the kudos and all the all the engagement tools are there, right? <laughs> plus think, the boss exactly. nudges. Exactly, and and you know Johnny Campbell is incredibly good looking. You know, engaging on his videos, he just couldn't give you more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's it's because you know when you leave college and you go into work you learn you you kind of miss out on all of those learning behaviors mm -hmm. and and it's not easy to get back into for some people and then that's absolutely fine but it's all about building a habit and you know that 30 minute goal is set there for a reason it is achievable um it is statistically the perfect amount of time for you to do your training but um hit it every week make it habitual you know, and, and know that you're achieving something from that. But that's something that I've I've just learned and I have completed over a hundred and ninety-three hours of training on the social side of that work. It's a lot. That's 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 quite a lot. Are you doing it for testing purposes or as a hiring manager? Um a bit of everything. Uh, I try to watch a lot of our missions so that I can understand what our customers need in that regard. Because I myself have never been in TA yet. I think I could probably definitely try. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> but, you know, it's important to understand the content that we're, we're delivering to our customers because, as I mentioned, it is a robust solution. We work with people to tailor and align the content because that's so important when it comes to online learning. So I need to really understand what, what it is What's that's there. out there. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And the hiring manager training is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of curious to uh, to see it because I've always felt that I've run a lot of hiring manager training myself, right? Mm -hmm. Again, you need to work in a team. They need to make decisions and they need to base that decision on educated and on educated, they need to be knowledgeable, right? And they need to know how to do it, what kind of questions to ask, what to look for in the answers and all of that. And then... Uh, going back to uh, the forgetting uh, curve, right? Mm -hmm. I, they always, if they're not doing recruitment tomorrow, they go through the training. If they're not doing it tomorrow, you have to redo the training. So having a platform in which they can go and redo it by themselves and have a look and so on. And then you're just asking them, hey, did you do it? Do you have more questions and, and all of that? Yeah. that? That really helps because I always felt that hiring manager training in recruitment is, it can be a waste at some point. It's, it's, it's a lot of a wasted time. If they're not doing recruitment, if they're not actively working, oh, with active, them. exactly. Yeah, and it and and you know when you're working particularly in, in TA team, it is your it is the center of your universe. You know, it is everything that you do and what you need to succeed. And unfortunately, sometimes then when you have other stakeholders in the hiring process who just aren't fulfilling their side of the agreement or the or adhering to their side of the process massively frustrating because it is such a very small percentage of their overall remit you know um, yes it is and it's not their job so i can understand where they're yeah. coming from as well so i i can see both sides but that's why at some point it's just frustrating so it's good to have hiring manager training online 
Yeah, and and I think that's kind of why we we expanded the platform a little bit because you know when you first met Social Talent, we were like social sourcing using exactly. Facebook and Instagram, and then we were like, okay, let's expand that now to more strategic advanced sourcing. That's great; it's helping someone progress in their sourcer role. And then it was like, okay, let's let's build uh, learning packs that accommodate all types of roles within a TA team, so that everyone is enabled and then we started to take a look back. Johnny went to, he went on a weekend away to Barcelona with some, with I think it was 15 uh, kind of global TA directors and he brought them to Barcelona. I didn't get to go, but uh, I was get to, got to be part of like the insights afterwards in terms of them talking about their overall recruitment processes and he took them apart and he actually noted how many steps are in the recruitment process. And, and I promise I have a point with this. But how many how many steps do you think are in the recruitment process? <laughs> I would like to say that I didn't read his uh, his uh, post. <laughs> Quite a lot, I, but I didn't imagine there are around eighty. Eighty, yeah. Yes. So there's eighty steps, and you know, as you said, in because his- you always try to make it easy for hiring managers and for the teams, and you look at the big, maybe seven to ten, right? But mm-hmm. in between, there are so many. So I can, reading his post, I didn't get to count afterwards, but when I said 80, bloody hell. Mm, I know. Well, we will have, we're going to be announcing um, our new kind of approach to learning, building, bringing all the hiring team involved. Mm-hmm. And it's basically identifying these 80 steps and all of the stakeholders involved in each. So happy to share that with you. And perhaps get Johnny on another podcast to talk it through with you, which I think will be wonderful. Um, but like what it does is, you know, at the end of the day, your hiring starts with the talent acquisition team. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very aware of that. But hiring excellence starts with, you know, everyone being involved. True. And, you know, they, for your TA team to achieve what they need to achieve, there needs to be a look in the entire um, recruitment process. And as I mentioned, looking at who the stakeholders are, but every, having everyone aligned um, and understanding that it is a team sport and that ultimately, you know, getting the hiring managers buy-in and that they need, they need someone on that speaks, you know, but it's about making them stakeholders more so, more so engaged with the, with the process in itself. Um, yeah, definitely. And then learning how to make the decision together as well. Because exactly. sometimes you tend to, as a recruiter, tend to say this person is the best and the hiring manager comes in, no, oh, this person is the best. But very rarely in very few organizations, they sit together at the same table and discuss why, why not? What do yeah. we need for the job? What do we need for the future? And really have this in-depth conversation because usually there's no time. We are uh, lean, mean machines in organizations and we try to do things very quickly, very efficiently. Yeah. But but the ROI of hiring the good person in the job is is really high. So, uh, mm-hmm. like misalignment is the root of all evil when it comes to hiring. <laughs> it slows everything down. It increases frustrations. You know, it it takes away the possibility of having a seamless and effective process throughout the organization. And at the end of the day, no one is happy with that. Yet very few people are willing to do something about it. You know, in that moment in time. So um, it is interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we 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 are about to embark on our journey around hiring excellence and how hiring is a team sport. So we're more than happy to kind of talk to that point as well in the future. 
um, because it is it is a pain point on a lot of people's desks at the moment. And I think um, it's going to start, you know, social talent, the disruptors that we are, are going to start to kind of build on that a lot more. <laughs> the name is social talent, right? It's not only about recruiting. So do you, do you guys ever think about using your platform for anything else, for any other field? I mean, you're already doing a bit of marketing, but you do marketing for talent acquisition for recruitment. You do a bit of negotiation. You have some soft skills in there. Uh, do you think of expanding this? Because I can see how the kind of learning you're building and the follow-up and, and making sure there's change and there's sustained behavior and there are uh, gamified elements to it and the boss is involved and the peers are involved and so on. I can see how this can be useful not only for talent acquisition, but for a lot of other fields. Yeah, and and I totally agree with you as well. It's kind of like it, we have the platform there. It's a case of why not expand. And and we do slowly start to bring ourselves outwards. You know, we're starting to enter into the world of talent management now as well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, when you, how you better embed new employees and create more value from the get-go. So we're starting, we're starting to push out, but we never want to dilute the love and attention that we put into our, our TA training. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of, we are a much bigger company than we were five years ago, but still a capacity because there are so many new things trending and, and they're, you know, hiring managers is, it was our next step from, you know, sourcing to PA teams, to hiring managers, to now talent management. And maybe slowly we'll start to eke into maybe some sales side of things mm-hmm. as well. Cause we do have negotiation. We have business development training. Um, but right now, I believe, uh, you know, the the hiring side of things is still top priority because, <clears throat> you know, before Johnny talked a lot to the war on jobs and then it was war on talent and now it's war on skills. So it does make sense for us to start expanding because it's all about retaining retaining people within the organization, internal mobility. So having the social talent solution on hand to be able to do that for other departments, super, um, would be would be absolutely fantastic and and doable. But right now, our heart is where where the hiring is. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is a good podcast for all of those that are listening that are not in the HR field or talent acquisition field and thinking, hey, I am addressing I don't know the finance world or the marketing world or the sales world. This is how social talent is doing it. Maybe copy a bit of the good behaviors and uh, copy a bit of the good parts of the platform so uh, anyone can benefit from this type of learning, which I feel is really fantastic. Yeah. I've said it from the beginning. I am, a, I, am a, I am a fan and this is why I wanted to have you here because I really feel you are at the forefront of online education. There are so many platforms where you can learn online, but to do it in a, in a sustainable productive way and track what you're doing and and really understand where you are that's that's kind of that's kind of rare i've uh, yeah, make it fun and, you know yeah, exactly make it fun there are too many mundane things yes. you know? look at the news and so we try to gamify it and help you level up help you talk to your colleagues you know anything that can make learning a little bit more of a life experience <laughs> so Naomi, I'm sure that most of the listeners would have heard about social talent, but if someone did not hear about social talent, they got interested in social talent, where would they find you? They would find me on the other end of Naomi at socialtalent.com. Okay. <laughs> they want to pop through, through an email. 
Um, but other than that, come on to our website at socialtalent.com. There's a lot more resources there as well. Should you want to dig deep into some of our blogs and eBooks. So all are welcome there. And um, yeah, just send an email should you want to speak to me directly, but uh, otherwise yeah. come and join the community. I think also your YouTube channel is quite interesting. Yes, actually, a note on that, mm-hmm. small snippets. That's a really good point. Uh, if you go onto Social Talent's YouTube channel, we actually release little bits, micro-sized videos, obviously, of training to our YouTube community as well. So you can start to actually benefit from the training and, and get a real feel for what the, the level of the content is as well. Cool. Naomi, anything that I maybe forgot to ask you? No, I think that was everything. Okay. I think it was pretty there. I really enjoyed speaking about speaking to this as well. As I mentioned uh, when we were talking before, it's, it's brought the, you know, leading through all the things that we're doing and, and how we work with our community and how it is such a good community to be part of. Uh, it was really good to talk through all of this on the podcast. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. And I know you have a very, very busy schedule. So thank you very much. <laughs> it was a real pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure was all mine. <laughs>